0: That this was not to bash any type of church oh or absolutely like be critical or we were just expressing our opinions and <laughs> how we feel disclaimer <laughs> so disclaimer don't be offended if don't or, or, for or us. be offended or and be convicted if it's something that you want to see in your church or something that you feel like is speaking to you directly but this is just our opinion that's we're, all. Just, we're just like people who love God and love the church right. and are trying to actively make it better as we live, so.
1: Well, here we are, recording another episode of Predominantly Podcast. I'm your host, Kayla King, and I have two very esteemed and special guests who are very near and dear to my heart. Um, On my left, I have my lovely, straffingly handsome boyfriend.
2: (laughs) Straffingly, wow. Straffingly. God bless you. His name is Joey Roberts. Glad to be here.
1: He is a um, producer extraordinaire, a music enthusiast. He's not my mind uh, <laughs> <laughs> he is a talented bass player. Um, he's traveled around the world with his Can talents. Yeah. Um, just very, very good at what he does, and he is also a black man, which makes his opinion. Super super uh important to the things that we discuss on this podcast. That's right, that's right. Um, and to my right I have my humble and wow. beautiful friend Chim Dara um all the way from Arkansas. All the way from Arkansas. Arkansas. Fayetteville, Arkansas is where she resides. She is a studious nurse, pediatric nurse. Whoa. She is good at what she does loving on and helping the babies heal you know um she came to visit us from arkansas on thursday and i was like hey let's get this episode you know let's get some content while you're here because she always has great things to say great conversation to contribute and it's just the way her mind works you know wow she always has has a very <coughs> Um, you know, whenever she speaks, you're just glad that you heard it. So, Kayla,
0: you being so sweet. Okay, <laughs> it's the truth. I wouldn't
1: lie.
2: Come on, two minute and thirty second intro. Come on.
1: <laughs> I got to introduce <laughs> my people to the listeners. Let's
2: go. We appreciate it. A minute each. Yes. You're
1: so kind. So yes. kind. Yes. So um, and if you're new here, my name is Kayla King. I am Woo-woo. a. <laughs> I am a singer songwriter. Um, worship leader, and I am a youth minister. Um, that is Nutrition. what I And yes, mm-hmm. yeah, I also do woman. hair and makeup, yeah. entrepreneur, you know, all of that, all of that. But, you know, check the last episode if you Phew. don't know who I am and you want to get to know me more. That's what that episode is about. Um, but this one, let's go, is going to be some good, entertaining dialogue, let's I believe. Go. We have Joni who Joni. Joni, Joni? Wow, I misspoke. I think you can forgive me. What? After that intro I just gave you. Oh
2: my gosh, Joni.
1: Joey. Yeah, yeah, that's right. right. (laughs) Sorry. Your
2: boyfriend. Yes, love of my life.
1: Love of my life. We have Joey who is a class clown. Come on. Okay. And we have Chim who is a, um, how do you say? You know the people who like give reviews on stuff? Oh Lord. Oh. Like she's she's really good at giving like comparison.
2: Let's go, okay.
1: Wow. Which is perfect for this topic (laughs) at hand, which is, drum roll please. Ooh. White church versus black church. What? What? What?
2: Wow.
1: Oh yes.
2: Holy, Ghost, Holy, Ghost, Holy, Ghost. Holy
1: Ghost. That's Holy Ghost. That's what we're talking about on today, on, okay. tonight. on um, tonight. For some reason, these episodes are always recorded in the middle of the night. Yep. It is one fifteen p.m. Yes, a.m. right morning. now.
2: I have church in four hours. Let's go. Let's go. Come
1: on. Black <laughs> church. Um. So yeah, white church versus black church. So at first, let's like just. Talk about our our brief history with each. I think that I I think all of us were raised in the black church, right?
0: Uh, kind of. Definitely. Okay. Okay, Chim, you go first. So I grew up in an African church, which is like it has like the spirit of the black church, like the celebration, mm-hmm. the the lamentation, and also like. Just like the joy and the happiness, but it's it's set up a little different. Mm-hmm. But I also grew up Presbyterian, so I had like the dancing, the celebration, but I also had like the hymns and the, yeah.
1: the traditional ritual, yeah. like
0: yeah, the rituals and stuff. And then when I came to college, I joined a gospel choir, and that's when I first started hearing about like what the black church really was and what it stood for mm-hmm. and why it came about. Black American church. Yes, yeah, black American church. And, oh, that's a different
2: perspective and then I
0: also started going to a CCM like traditional white non- non-denominational church in college as well okay. so I got both of those at the same time through mm-hmm. different things and then I graduated uh-huh. and I'm still there uh-huh. um still love the gospel sound and and black church in general but I'm still at a predominantly white church
1: wow gotcha so just to like give the people the information your home church is in dallas right yes and then when you went to college in arkansas and that's where you were introduced to both the black american church and the ccn like white predominantly white church yes Mm -hmm. gotcha okay joey
2: okay well right now i am well you kind of went uh, he started from the top, so... <laughs>
1: yeah, start you know, from the bottom. I mean, here. I was born
2: in Bloomington, Indiana, so...
1: Let's go. It
2: definitely wasn't the hood. It was a college town. It was a... I wouldn't say, well, predominantly yeah. white town. It was a um, pretty mixed college. That's where my parents met and stuff like that. So, I grew up in a predominantly black church. Baptist Church. Second Baptist. Shout out, Reverend Butler. Rest in peace. Um, <laughs> but... I went from that to going to Seven Day Adventist churches mm. that were predominantly white, mm. then to like somewhat apostolic churches that were kind of mixed, It's weird, just weird <laughs> stuff all out there. Um, not weird stuff, I don't want to say, you know, y'all get what I'm trying to say. Variety. But, um, yeah, definitely uh, uh, a variety in the different type of churches. Um, and then growing up in Indiana as well, Mixed within school, mixed within, there's a lot of different things, but especially church, you know, we couldn't get away from it because all of our friends were, you know, mixed. And we were in Indiana, so you can't get away from black people in Indiana. Hallelujah. So um, now I am, I've, I've been through a long journey of churches, but now I am at a predominantly black church in Montgomery. Love my church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came from a church that was actually. A church built to make the the gap between the black and the white church To so, merge. yeah to merge okay. it was a, a bridge of sorts so um yes yeah, so i have a a large perspective on some of it and then i'm also at the same church where um kayla is i don't serve there but i have a studio there um as well mm. and yeah like even how i met the people at that church you know walking in and stuff so Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot.
1: Got you, got you. Okay, well, for me, I was raised, it's pretty simple. I was raised Kojic, um, Church of God in Christ, which is a predominantly black denomination. Um, It was all the traditional, like, black American church things. I was raised around all of that. Um, And then we moved to Columbus, Georgia. So I was raised in Queens, New York. Then we moved to Columbus, Georgia, um, and I was still in predominantly black churches, collegiate churches, um, until I was like 15. Um, I started going to this youth group with a couple of friends that I went to high school with, and that church was Assembly of God, and it was, um, it was a good mix, but still predominantly white. Um, it was more catered to you know c c m side of things and um i stayed basically stayed in that arena around even though that church was um it's a southern church so they like they still like gospel and you know stuff like that we did have our like Marvin Sapp songs that we did oh, wow. we had our um you know, Martha Munizzi songs that we did, you oh know, a couple, couple Fred Hammond songs thrown in there, here and there, some Israel, you know, and it was, yeah. it was, you know, it leaned toward a little bit towards culture, but also it was definitely like dedicated, like, you know, catered to the majority of the church, which was like. Um, and then after that church I kind of lingered a little bit and then I found the church that I'm at right now or God led me to the church that I'm at now um, which is also a predominantly white church and this is way more like to the letter CCM like there, there's you know yeah. it's kind of like and we're all musicians in some form or fashion so the music that these churches do is are, is very important, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um it it kind of is def- defining mm-hmm. to us of like how the churches is, how the churches are.
0: Um and define CCM really quick in case somebody doesn't Yes. Do yeah.
1: CCM is contemporary Christian music. So your Jesus Culture, your um, house fires your Bethel, uh, Maverick City, That's, that's, all of those are CCM. Your gospel music is going to be your Ernest Pugh, John P. Key, your, you know, all those kind of, you know, traditional gospel sound. Um, yeah. So, that's good. If you hear me say CCM music, I'm mostly talking about music made by white people. Even though it's not 100% the case all the time, that's mostly what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, um, that's our back. Those are our backgrounds. Um, we have dilly-dallied and, you know, bobbed and weaved through black and white settings, predominantly black and predominantly white settings, you know, throughout each of our church experiences. So like, I want to start by saying, what is the funniest thing, Joey, that you've seen in a predominantly white church?
2: The funniest thing that I've seen in a predominantly a predominantly white church. Either the, first.
1: either the funniest thing or the thing that like you had to you definitely had to adjust to.
2: Ooh, you know what? I think it was a a good thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember one time we visited a church, my family and I, back in Indiana. We just had a, a Sunday off. We rarely got Sundays off, and we visited a church in the city. I forgot the name of it, but those jokers were drinking coffee like during, <laughs> during service and i thought that adjustment was was splendid you know like <laughs> they're drinking coffee during service and stuff like that um and just chilling it felt like uh you know it was still still you know it got intense but mm-hmm. there were moments where when it was teaching you were sitting and watching you know it was it was it was, it was more relaxed mm-hmm. you know not as uh not as you know serious and, and as serious as, as black church gets sometimes with clergy and, yeah and, and all of that you know we all know so i think uh that was something that i had to adjust to that was kind of a good thing um something that caught me off guard like i'm trying to think yeah that's just probably, probably the main either. thing yeah okay like just the the different vibe for yeah. sure
0: mm-hmm. i don't know if y'all had this growing up but like if i was even like chewing gum in church, like yeah, like my African church, the pastor would come up to you and tell you to go spit it out before the yeah. inside. Oh, the pastor? Mm-hmm. He would like oh. he would walk up to you and be like, wow. "Hey, go spit your gum out," and then come back. And I was like, who okay." I, <laughs> I just didn't know it was it. that
1: serious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> spit your gum out. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, what would you say that like? the most what was the question i never got the question no. <laughs> the no. the funniest thing or the thing that you had to get become you had to adjust
0: to the yeah. most i think it was i think it was the coffee for sure the <laughs> church where you couldn't even like chew gum, chew gum yeah. yeah i was very confused um i think that and i think like as a singer the click track I didn't yeah. know that they were. Oh, yeah, we
2: ain't even getting to the music. That's I, right. yeah, I, yeah. I grew
0: up in a church where, like, it was just everyone sang. It was free. Like, we just naturally had a connection had to, to each other. Things yeah. would speed up or slow down, but, like, you would kind of find your way. Right. Through. Yeah. And then when I tried out for the worship team at my church that I'm at now um, and, like, got on stage for the first time, we had in-ears. Didn't know what in-ears were. Yeah, Like, like wow. just all of that stuff was yep. so new to me. It's different.
2: Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. man. Can we talk about that?
1: Yes. So real quick, mine would have to oh, be. Oh yeah, let's go, Kayla. My biggest adjustment or the funniest thing to me would be how friendly everyone oh, is yes. in a white church. In church, like.
2: I mean, don't get on the black churches now. Black well, listen. Church let me let me
1: clarify. Let me clarify. How you
2: doing, woman of God?
1: It's, no. <laughs> how
2: you doing all right this morning? Glory to God all on today.
1: On. No, it's it's the like the the genuine interest. Of like, hi, how are you? Yes, yeah, so glad that you're here to here with us today. Would you like some coffee? Would you like a donut? Like here's where you can sit. Or, like just, I remember the first time that me and that we went to uh, um, we visited this church, and by the name, me and my family thought that it was a black church, but when we went in that Sunday, it was like mostly white people in the church,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, my dad is from Saint Vincent um so he has an accent and a caribbean accent and everyone was coming up to him and like people were coming up to us in general because we were new and we were black and they were like hi how are you thank you for joining us like just that like that genuine interest because we yeah. vis- we have visited black churches and they'll be, they'll say hi, you know, give you the program when you walk in and right. then you you be seated, yeah, you go through the service and then you leave. And if you want to come back, you can come back, you mm-hmm. know? Like some people will say hi, maybe the pastor will shake your hand or something like that. But never like, you know, in your face, like, and it wasn't just the people who are in leadership. It was like, mm-hmm. they, and now I know they have a team for these things, yeah, like yeah. they have a specific team to like come up to people
2: welcoming stuff and
1: welcome you you know with black churches people come to come to the front you know we just want to take this time to welcome any new visitors we want to welcome all those who are visiting blah 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 but the welcome team in you know predominantly white churches is more on on a personal level it's not necessarily like you know just in a corporate address you know wow yeah so yeah okay. that was the biggest thing for me to adjust. i found that hilarious
2: yeah
0: yeah i didn't even notice that until you said it because that's like kind of the reason why i stayed at the church where i was at was because mm. they were so welcoming yeah but i never had like put thought to oh i grew up and my church wasn't really like that it yeah just had like mm. a moment where we, were, where we just said like hey welcome mm-hmm. this is your church like Know yourself at home, but there was no Keep like. Uh. There was no like active. I'm coming to get to know you. How are you? What's yeah. your name? Oh, like wow. where do you work? And so. That's interesting. Yeah. Like a little boundary. Yeah.
2: I don't know. Maybe there. There's probably some black churches that uh that get that deep, but oh, I absolutely. I believe that there. That I haven't experienced a ton of that. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. Even from working with certain pastors, like sometimes it's you know. I like it's a working situation where you're there for the ministry job, and you may not have those deeper conversations all the time. Yeah. You know? Or even in the process of getting to a church and then talking about all those things, it's more so about business sometimes, so.
1: Right,
3: right.
2: Yeah. I can see that.
1: You were about to say something, though. Oh, the music.
2: Oh, yeah, in regards to the music. Um, well, I'm gonna just, I'll am just answer the question from the music side. Um, I think the main difference I saw was... Uh, to me, I mean, I, I grew up listening to a, a vast, ugh, man, it was a lot of different music. So from, from classical, Chopin, to Fred Hammond, to Quincy Jones, mm-hmm. and Chaka Khan. So from that to like Journey with mm-hmm. my mom, and then Hall and & Oates, and then um, just even certain rock stuff as well. Even how I got into playing bass was through Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. That's how I started playing bass. Period. So, I saw like how they did the thing with Run D M C, and like Aerosmith did something with Run M. C. You know, so I came from that. So, the difference between gospel music and CCM to me felt like CCM just took away a lot of the color that gospel mm-hmm. had. Right. You know, so if you're building your your foundation on like all of this, all these songs being packed with these vast chords and chord changes and all that and you're a musician as well like mm-hmm. me you mm-hmm. may kind of hang some spirituality towards that as well like hey yeah. this is this is what gets me there mm-hmm. you know this sound this sound helps um, and then it can feel like it's less when it's cuz it is less you know it's less is it's, it's yeah. played it's, it's more simple um, but i feel like it's more direct sometimes as well Um, as far as the lyrics, you know, in Black Church, we repeat a lot of songs. Mm -hmm. I mean, excuse me, we repeat a lot of lyrics. Yeah. A lot of, you know, we know how to vamp stuff. We know, Mm -hmm. and that that gets good. Mm -hmm. We we sing a song, uh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. (laughs) Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. That's the whole song. (laughs) That's the whole song. You change the word.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. That can be praise and worship. Thank you, thank you, thank
2: you. Come on, call to worship. So, Yeah, I think the the biggest difference was like seeing how the color kind of changed. Like there was, was, it felt like there was less in it, you know. Still powerful stuff, but getting more equipped to CCM music. Yeah. It's like, okay, I can't really play it the same way. I can't, you know. Yeah. All of that. For
1: me, I I can definitely agree. But like you said, like with the words, it was a difference for me because I would, most gospel songs have Bible in it especially like when yeah. we were growing up yeah. now gospel songs are going more towards like the poetic type of yeah. lyric yeah. pattern. It's but so in the be- like back then most gospel songs just had like strictly Bible verses like the word of God mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. in it. It was either that or it was like one thing that I desire from the Lord like that's a psalm you know right, what I mean right um, it was either that or something that was repetitive. I get joy when I think about what is for me. Yep. me, I get joy when I think about I get joy when I think about like I get joy. And then speakable. the first the first CCM song that I was introduced to was uh, open the eyes of my heart.
2: Yep. And I that. to
1: me the words were just like I was like, Wow and I even listen to the song now and I was like, Why was this so profound to me? But I had I had a personal connection with God I didn't necessarily like understand the Bible completely as a child but I know that I had some kind of connection and when I heard open the eyes of my heart you know I was like huh like something just like clicked for me and then when I started going to um, that church when I was a teenager that did like more CCN type music even though the music itself was like less hit to me like it was less I couldn't groove to it as much.
3: Yeah.
1: I just like I understood the words like yeah. even yeah. more the words like just really did it for me. It's like mm-hmm. it took what I was feeling and like put it yeah. put it to language, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Cuz I felt like in in you know the churches that I was in that did gospel music, I would have those same feelings, but like I just couldn't Communicated well, you know what I mean. So when I got to those churches that were doing the CCM music, I was like, "Man, these words are so poetic and so pretty, and just so like uplifting." And it's using regular language that I understand, and it's like not code. You know what I mean? I don't like it. Was just it was just plain to to hear, plain to understand, plain to see, plain to like communicate to God. And, um, I really, I appreciated that. And then like through the years I realized that like, I liked that so much because I'm such a writer and like, because I'm so poetic and because like, yeah. like Joey, even in Joey and I's relationship, like I, when I was working on communication, I would write it out before I would tell him, you know, cause it helped me process it helped me like think and gather my thoughts. And stuff like that. So words just mean a lot to me in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that was the difference of the music for me. Now gospel music, like because I feel like because you're a musician, what's in there, what's in the fold musically, you like you said, you attach like a spiritual um, yeah. vehicle. It's like a spiritual vehicle for you. Cause like, that stuff is powerful. It is. I feel
2: like that stuff is really powerful, man, especially the older artists like thomas whitfield and i mean even down to like donnie McClurkin, yeah to to kirk franklin stuff like there's great songwriting and yes. all of it but the music is such a good part of what mm-hmm. all of that stuff is you can't you can't really feel it without mm-hmm. the bass lines you can't feel you know you can't feel it with julian shout out to Junior. Mm-hmm. matter of fact my little brother he's playing guitar for uh an artist that was opening up for john p key so John P. Key was one of the artists where my parents told me I used to sing the bass line before I was playing bass. Clap your hands. I used to sing the bass line. South of Morris Fister, Chicago, stand up. Um, (laughs) But I used to sing the bass line, like come out the bass line, before I even started playing bass. Mm -hmm. So it was already a part of me. I didn't even realize. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I started playing bass, you know, it came easier because I had been already singing the songs, but singing those. Those lines, like even from the bass, I didn't know what a bass was at the time. So, I don't know. the The music does make a a huge difference, you know. I think that's what separates some people from really opening up themselves mm-hmm. to the different sound. Yeah. Um, is the difference, you know what I mean? Grow up yeah. churchy, like it's it's I hard to get out. I one hundred percent
1: understand that, and sometimes I do wish that like that's why i think like groups like maverick city is so powerful because yeah, it pairs yeah, yeah. the lyricism with yep. the music you mm-hmm. know with the like Doing the complexity right. yes you know so, that exactly. gospel music brings and the, and, it's, it's, and the power it's such a beautiful thing mm-hmm. like i do with like now that the more that i grow as a musician the more i'm like you know yeah, I need a little more here. You know what I mean? <laughs> with, yeah, yeah. with a lot of songs. With a lot of, you know. Um, but yeah. That is a great point that you bring up.
2: But see, they got the people for that too. You know, you look at Aaron, Dante, mm-hmm, Sharon, mm-hmm. these people. They, they understand. have
1: well diverse backgrounds yeah. in music. Yeah. yeah. Come on, man. I
2: met, I met Dante at a Travis Green concert. He was yeah, singing he was background singing. for Travis yeah. Green. You know, before Maverick City was even a a concept, I mean, or created. So, yeah, there's people that can come from the black church or come from um, what people um, consider like just gospel music or uh, black gospel and actually make a difference, you know what I mean? On the other side, or what seemingly feels like the other side, you know, the CCM.
1: Yeah. Me and Joy have talked about this This very thing many times With like <laughs> CCM music And you know Comparing and contrast to to Gospel music And like I, I definitely think That both are necessary mm-hmm. For sure yeah. And I'm glad that now CCM music is becoming more um, Open I guess For a long time It just felt like it was it was gatekept, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or gatekept. I guess that's the word. Um, by uh, the like, predominantly white. It was just like the creators, yeah. the people behind it, the like all of that. It was considered a white thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like um, it was weird for me to like want to sing a Missy Edwards song at my dad's church of god of christ church you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it was weird for me to want to bring some rick pino in there or some like yeah. you know it was or some Kim walker or some like you know some something from Bethlehem. it was just it was just a little it was a little off yeah. you know and i was like yeah we can take this song like we can take the basics of this song and mm-hmm. like beef it up you know right, so like right. you could add your own thing to it you know like, it doesn't have to just be this. It doesn't have to be C, 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 G, G, G. Like, you can <laughs> you can put your own thing to it, you know? Mm-hmm. But you see that more and more now. Yeah. You see more CCM songs, old CCM songs, that gospel artists are taking now and, like, yeah. revamping them yeah. and, you know, making it their own. And I think that... I think it's beautiful. I think it elevates the song. I think it gives the songs a facelift. Yes. And um, it, tra- it, gives, it gives more people a chance to hear those beautiful words, you know? Yeah, yeah.
2: That's what matters. New meaning.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: yeah, I have a ahead. question. How mm-hmm. do y'all feel about, so you're talking about how we are moving towards all of it kind of merging together now? Yes. How do y'all feel about that? like what do you think are the pros and cons of the white church and the black church like and its characteristics Mm -hmm. now coming together
1: i think well for one my my i think my biggest concern is i don't want the our traditional black sound to get lost yeah
3: yeah
1: i don't want it to because it's really popular right now to simplify things or to take simple things take the simple songs and you know, put it with you know gospel type melodies and stuff like that. Um, but I don't want us to lose the root yeah. of gospel music. Now, I do find that like um, that that is preserved through like the structure mm-hmm. of the of gospel songs. Like we still have um, a verse by a soloist, a chorus. A verse by a choir a chorus by a choir chorus 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 then you get to the bridge by a solo it's the bridge where the choir repeats it and then the call and response you know what mm-hmm. i mean so like where the choir is singing and then it's like the ad lives the yeah, you know yeah. like so it's still preserved like the t- tradition of gospel music is still preserved through that structure of like even how like with if you take weight on the Lord, you know, how like Dante and Chandler are like directing us and like ad living, and you know, the choir is like the steadiness in the background, but they're like ministering on top of it. That is just, that's gospel music, you know, that is gospel, that is nothing other than gospel music. So like, I do think that it's being preserved through that, um, but I don't want us to forget and I don't want people to like not give credit to where it came from yeah. you know what yeah. I mean so I have no problem with it I think it's a good thing um yeah I think it's a good thing but I also know that it's very just like on brand right now
2: mm-hmm. right I would agree with that I, I wouldn't want the black church to lose its sound mm-hmm. through the gospel music that we've been providing you know I wouldn't want it to be you know tarnished in that way just because there is a new sound horizon, I think we can we can keep our our authentic selves we can keep what we do already um so with the merging, I think that still stays strong you, you learn how to merge and, and keep a balance mm-hmm. without uh, without just overshadowing you know one over the other to to kind of oh we just gonna grab a little because I hear that a lot. I have people now that hit me up like, yo, I need a gospel baseline. You know, (laughs) like, you're the black guy, you know, that plays bait. Come on, need a gospel (laughs) baseline. Yeah. And it's like, okay, what warrants me to give you a gospel baseline because I'm black? It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, because, you know, I'm in church. I'm in black church. So, okay. You know, but there are black churches that are predominantly like, doing contemporary worship you know, yeah there that. are
1: there's really are
2: you know what i'm saying so but i think that is something that we provide as black people we provide that color yes. within that um people know that from black church we know mm-hmm. that. As you look at the people that are on the biggest stages now most of them come from black churches and mm-hmm. you got the bt awards you got the band look at look at the band and look at where they come from and stuff like that these people still believe in god still are God fearing people um, that yeah. come from the black church, that come from gospel music. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as we as we merge, as there's more CCM and and uh, the gospel sound is kind of like you know coming into the CCM world too. Mm-hmm. It's it's merging together. There's been artists doing it for many years. Shout out like Ty Tribute. Yeah. Like versatile artists Israel. like that. Israel. Yeah, Israel. You God know, keeping. Lady. Right, I see nothing wrong with that I think it it looks just like the church, you know. If we keep the same balance, we keep accountability on both sides, and we keep it authentic, it works, you know. And I think it should continue, but yeah, yeah, it it just one shouldn't overshadow the other. Yes, yeah, that's
1: the biggest thing for me
0: too. I think my, I think my only fear is, the cheapening of the black church. Mm. I think because I discovered it so late in life. Mm -hmm. like the I guess like the grit and like the story behind the black church means so much to me and so like when I see like predominantly like white artists singing that without at least from what I can see like the work of like understanding why they're singing those songs Mm -hmm. I think it kind of hurts me a little bit because I'm Mm -hmm. like wait like they were singing these songs like at a race riot or like things yeah, like that, where it's yeah. like that's something that I don't part, think I ever thought yeah. about. No, like, yeah.
1: I don't. Yes, I yeah. think I, when I think about that question, I think about it through the lens of like black churches singing, singing CCM songs and like revamping them or like adding that sound to that's gospel music. Yep. But I never thought about like you know predominantly white churches take singing gospel songs. Mm-hmm. Like I don't see that often. Yeah.
2: No, that so that's crazy. That definitely
0: happens. Because of the space where I'm at, like I feel like I often get asked, like, how can we bring this sound? Like how can we do this? Uh, how can we yeah. do this? And I'm um, like, I feel like you ooh. like we gotta understand the weight before we just take on the, the color and the culture and like the joy yeah. of it. Like we gotta oh, we gotta be the depths too. Right, you know? So right. I don't know. That's my fear. Ooh. It's like as we progress I mm-hmm. feel like they're... Because this isn't just music for yeah. us. Yeah. It's not just music. And the reason why it's so beautiful is because it's not just music. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah it came from it a place. So, I don't I know. know. That's,
2: that's a part of that. the authentic stuff that I was talking about, though. Because mm-hmm. that's... I mean, that moves into somewhat political stuff, too. But, like, I, yeah. I think we do keep our integrity as black people within that sound. Because we did create it. Yes. You know what I mean? So, we do keep that. We we do need to keep we that. We
1: can't help but
2: keep it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's
1: also like you said, like you can't just take the sound without holding the weight as well, which like brings me to like it brings me to thinking about the difference between leadership in black churches versus white churches. Whoa. like I know Whoa. there there's a distinct difference between uh leadership, titles, um, ego, um all of that within the two that I myself have, have noticed. Um, kinda like, they all of that exists in both places but in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's right. So like for example, you in, in a black church, you're going to, like when my dad was pastor and he was addressed as Pastor King, yeah. you know, his name is Carlos King, you address him as Pastor King. Um, in the church where I'm at right now, my pastor is addressed as Matt or yeah. Pastor Matt. Mm-hmm. His name is Matthew Stevens. There is no Pastor Stevens or, you know, Brother Stevens or it's just yeah. hey and when he introduces you and in- introduces himself to you is hi, I'm Matt. Yeah, you know sure. which is very different, like than we It is different, yeah. Then we put the title Yeah. It's always it's Bishop. We need it. Pastor, yeah. Elder, Minister deacon Uh, overseer um, overseer evangelist first lady um, lady, missionary and then you just have brother and sister you know what I mean like sister so-and-so sister (laughs) so-and-so brother this and that so like that in itself I kind of like always used to question or think about like hmm like I wonder why I wonder how this started you know I know what it means. I know that, like, there's a respect to it. You're respecting the gift that this person has or the calling that this person has. And then with brother and sister, you're just respecting them and acknowledging them as a brother or as a sister in Christ. But to me, I'm like, did black people start this as a way to establish themselves? Mm-hmm. Or, like, as a way to... um fortify their position, you know, in yeah, the world. Yeah. Because yeah. we respect, we respect each other and hold each other in these places within the church. But sometimes when you leave the doors of the church as black people that respect is not out there for you, yeah, maybe you know. Not. Yeah. That's, um that's true. and so we hold on that's to these the titles. We hold on to these, you know, to these to these positions into these our calling and stuff like that and our ego and our respect that we can sometimes have within them and it's kind of like you know i don't know i want to be careful saying this but to me it shows an insecurity yeah you know it shows not an insecurity put on ourselves Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it shows an insecurity because i know um i've come across a lot of like black Mm -hmm. men Who are pastors who are bishops and it's just it's very high and mighty it's very like this is the weight that I carry as a pastor as a bishop as an elder as a minister or whatever like the ordinations the grand ordinations the like grand traditions of all of that and it's all I feel like to preserve um, our identity yeah, you know an identity that we have to fight for in this country we had to yeah. fight for to establish in this country um but in a way I feel like it bites us no
2: you I know, completely agree with that
1: within the black church it kind of like bites us a little bit because then it's hard to like to care for your flock you know when you like there is isn't. When when the Bible talks about a shepherd, there is no high and mighty. Mm -hmm. There is no, you know, this is what a sheep has to do um, to follow and respect their shepherd. No. The shepherd does whatever they need to do to take care of the sheep. Even sacrificing their own life. Even sacrificing their own life for their sheep. So that their sheep that that's what the shepherd is called to do yeah. and um it is very common in black churches that it's the other way around the sheep mm-hmm. need to do whatever they need to do to uphold the shepherd yeah you know and to keep the shepherd, the shepherd exactly right um so yeah that is that is something that like i think about when it comes to leadership and um while you know black churches if y'all, you know, chime in, you have something to say. No, I, to say. I got something to say.
2: I got something to say on that. Actually, go ahead. Why well, you just mentioned that? Because um, I'm I, I was also with the AME Church, mm-hmm. you know, just recently. My father's still the AME Church, um, and with the AME conventions and the clergy behind, uh, just a lot of the traditions of AME, and I have to be really respectful of it because it's beautiful. Yeah. It is beautiful. The just going to. Uh, annual conference and seeing this everybody walk in and what what pride we do we do carry um because of our guy and what he's blessed us with um but with the names and the you know I think there there is a lot of power there's a lot of power tripping that goes on mm-hmm. with the leaders um and then I think you would only know it if you've been in the church if you've been working it if you've been around the people. If you've experienced it I've been in situations where I'll go and you know it's it's down to the the denomination you know how they act the vibe is completely different from one yeah. the culture everything is just different from one church to the next still black people but you go to one church and if you not if you don't say praise the Lord when you walk in they look at you crazy <laughs> um, like literally yeah. like I've, I've, I've been in that situation where I've walked in to go to sound check. We just we getting ready to start the conference and somebody's like, Hey, uh praise the Lord, how you doing? I'm like, Hey, how you doing? Back. But I skipped the praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I had a woman look at me like, Yo, really? <laughs> you know, that's a that's a genuine thing. Um and it comes with respect and I think uh, there there can be some issues with the egos behind mm-hmm. the different titles I've I've learned that I've learned the whole you know we can't touch the pastor we mm-hmm. can't get nowhere near to you know the pastor pretty much Jesus did this and, <laughs> and my thing is not a lot of people's experiences with, with, I mean their relationship with God isn't as, isn't as far away mm-hmm. as it is with the pastor and I don't yeah. think that's right I don't think that's right at all if you can't be as close as you are with God yeah I mean sometimes to the person that is leading you. It, sometimes it's not like that. You know, that's why we have God. Yeah. But then I think we have to really look at what the pastors or, or what the church is, is for. You know, I know I can take a lot more time to kind of research and study those things. hmm um, Same. For one, same. you know what I mean? Because that stuff is it's powerful. Yes, yeah, deep. And the origins, may, I may not actually know. I just know because of my upbringing and stuff like that. But I, I know the power trips. We all know Absolutely. what goes on. Absolutely. Yeah. All of that. So...
0: I was going to say, I feel like I can't really contribute because I feel like <laughs> I got, like, the beautiful parts of the black church. Yeah. And I, I was never involved in one or, like, anything like that. So I don't I really you. know. But I will say that growing up, like, in an African church and especially, like, going home to Nigeria and seeing how churches are run there, it's the mm-hmm. exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, we have the people who are up front who are, like, the clergy and all that stuff we have the people that are within the church who are like if you come in wearing a skirt that's a centimeter above your knees like people are going to be staring at you until you mm. sit down mm, right and audibly talking about you as you make your way to your seat yep. like just like stuff like that yep. that i feel like is a part of every church whether it's spoken or unspoken uh-huh. um like judgment, power trips, and we're all humans, so I feel like it's, I to it's part of people yeah. too.
1: so yeah, that's a part. A part of people. Yeah. But yeah, I feel I I definitely observe that in the black that's church, cool. and you know there is no scapegoat with white church because like if you look at Catholicism, yeah, Ooh. all up in there, Ooh. all that is is hierarchy. You look at Roman Catholic, you look at. Um, Anglican, you know, which is basically government, (laughs) you know, like all of (laughs) the,
3: you know, they, they,
1: they have this, the very same thing, you know, um, but in like these more CCM churches, uh, where it's more lax, it's more, you know, chill, it's more laid back. All of that it may not seem like the same thing exists um, but I feel like the ego is still there but in different ways mm-hmm. um, so like you have these predominantly white churches that are like you know welcoming to everybody and you know you drink your coffee in the pews and you know all that stuff but to me it is about preserving the normalcy um mm-hmm. it's about preserving um preserving preserving the order preserving the normalcy and uh assimilating to me yes and that is that i feel like that while it's like it can go like disguise itself as like unproblematic and like drama free and like I can address my pastor by his first name and
2: all mm-hmm. this kind of
1: stuff yeah. but like I said earlier there's still that thing of like um how a shepherd is supposed to give it all for their flock you know sometimes I feel like we in, in the predominantly white churches um try to um what's the words I'm looking for It's like we try to put we just try to keep it nice and neat Mm -hmm. you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like we try to keep everything nice and neat and it is it can it can become like irresponsible Mm -hmm. to ignore certain things in order to keep things nice and neat you know what i mean yeah i feel like that is the exact same power trip ego trip whatever you yep. want to call it but it in like, a different form they
2: hand us a you know because right. it's like
1: you were saying how um in the spaces that you're in they'll be like how can we bring these this music or this you know color this sound to what we're doing and you're kind of like well you it's it, you can't do that without like appreciating or wrestling with yeah. it or knowing right. it first you know what mm-hmm. i mean and it's the same thing with like Um, social injustice issues or like you know just things that people of color go through Mm -hmm. that are of no concern or if any very minimal you know not enough to bring up not enough and it's not that we want people to like die on a hill or you know talk about it every Sunday or Mm -hmm. you know something like that but acknowledgement would go a long way yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if if you are serving in these churches as a black woman and, you know, they want the sound, but they can't, they can't, you know, talk to you about certain events or they can't, you know, try to hear your heart on certain things, it's like, mm-hmm. that defeats the purpose. Yeah. You really
0: know? True. And I also feel like, this is kind of like a different box of worms, but I feel mm-hmm. like the the niceness and the neatness also sometimes can lead to like a lack of reverence too. No. Mm -hmm. And that's like a whole different conversation that we can wait to have or I don't know. But basically, I feel like when we like when you have your coffee and you're sitting at the front row and you're just sipping it throughout worship, and I'm and we're singing songs like "I'm Not Enough Unless You Come," will you meet me here again? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. like a very CCM song and you don't see the power of that, or you're not responding to the power of that, I feel like that cheapens mm. like the, the predominantly white church as well. Because yeah. I feel like if we were to sing words like that in a black church, the whole room would be shaken. I yeah. feel like. like there would be response
2: So I got a question for (laughs) y'all. Okay, let's check it out. It's 2 a.m. So. We're going to
1: close it out with a question from Joey and a question from Jim.
2: Let's go. All right. So my question is, what do you all think could better the black church and also better the white church? You know.
1: Like one thing each or one thing in general for both?
2: Mm, I guess one thing in general for, yeah, for for each. One thing each. Yeah.
1: Hmm one thing I would say and this isn't all black churches okay some white churches do this too but start times and end times mm. um, we really be dragging it out sometimes that's, and, true. <laughs> facts. that's true like there should be a good balance you know what I mean? Because I feel like white churches be in too early sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think we 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 let it, we don't let it marinate enough sometimes in white churches. Mm-hmm. We just like, bam, 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 bam. Yep. Um, but sometimes black people be letting it marinate a little too much. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> you know? Teary. I'm like, in heavy on the preaching. Teary. Heavy on the preaching. Oh, man. Let it go. We heard you. Okay? <clears throat> We don't wanna be here for three hours just of oh, the sermon. On. Okay. And I'm being a little dramatic, you know. Three um Come on. Um <laughs> I'm laying it on a little, you know, I'm being dramatic or whatever. But yeah, definitely. That is the one thing that I enjoy the least um about going to church with my parents or used to enjoy the least about going to church with my parents, is I never knew when it was gonna get out. Mm. Never knew. We would sometimes we would, it would if it had started at eleven. Sometimes we started at eleven ten. Sometimes we started at eleven thirty, um, and we would go anywhere between one thirty and three o'clock. Mm. And that is heinous to me. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot of church. It's a lot of church. You know what I mean. um so, yeah, that's one my one thing for the black church and the white church. Um, I'm going to have to say the reverence thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that casual is good, but too casual is not, you yeah. know?
3: Yeah.
1: It's cool to, like, for everyone to be on the same level. It's cool to, like... You know, I love being able to wear whatever the freak I want to wear to church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can pull up there in some ripped jeans and a t-shirt one day. Or I can pull up in a skirt, in a, you know, a nicer outfit, some heels. You know, I could do whatever the heck I want to do as far as my attire. And I absolutely adore that. Um, But sometimes it just be a little too it would be a little bit too casual, you know. Mm-hmm. The even the courtroom has has a yeah, status like quo, even has formalities, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even the courtroom has like their things that you do to one, not be a distraction, two be present. Yeah. And paying attention to what you're you're there to do, you know. Um, I think sometimes we can get real I don't know i don't want to sound like there is a way to do church and there's a way not to yeah. you know because there are people who just don't know how to do church and that's okay uh but i don't know i think if that makes sense like i don't want to put my foot in my mouth but yeah, yeah. that will be my thing like there should be some some kind of formality and reverence for God and allowing things to marinate Mm -hmm.
0: yeah I echo your thoughts I think the same thing like I feel like in the black church sometimes like whether it's the sermon or the worship it's just to somebody who isn't comfortable in that setting or familiar with it or familiar with like the word of God and the bible like to a newcomer Mm-hmm. I think it could be overwhelming, yes, and a little bit scary, to see folks like if you're at, if you're at a black church, like to see folks like running around, falling out, shaking tambourines, <laughs> like it it can look a little crazy if you don't yeah. know like what's going on. So, I think that, but I also don't want to say like change, change who you are or change how you got there,
3: mm-hmm.
0: too. But for the white church, I feel like everybody's like super stoic nobody knows like really what to do with their hands or with their bodies or how to express themselves physically there may be like some change like internally or emotionally but not necessarily like outwardly yes and so I feel like there needs to be like a like a leveling there just
1: needs to be a leveling yes Yes. yeah so that's my thing a leveling that's perfect yeah balance Mm. balance
2: Well, I think my side would go into the, I don't know, I think the businesses, the business side of like the different Mm. churches. So, because, you know, I don't want to take the spirituality out at all because I think it's it's the most important thing. But um, in regards to getting to the spiritual thing, sometimes like, like you said, with start time, like that, that does matter us being consistent with what, how we're doing things, even with the pandemic as well. I think a lot of a lot of, predominantly white churches maybe move faster into media mm-hmm. and, under, and understood what to do with the time that we were yeah. Um Whereas I know a ton of black churches that just had a hard time with knowing what to do with that time, yeah. knowing what to do without a congregation. Mm-hmm. And without tangible people sitting in the pews or sitting out, you know, in the audience, just being there. So how do we do church without what we're used to? So I think um, the differences I would say would be for the Black church um, to adopt some of, and some of it is privilege too. Some some of it is is, is sheer privilege because I know it's uh, uh, maybe they're just ahead in, in some ways where a, a church has line of race because they've been doing it. And you know they may have the resources for it. Now the resources may be a little bit different um, for for some churches. So us getting more equipped with um, seeing how other churches do it, I think that's something that the black church can benefit from. We can benefit from how how uh, the media side because we already do it now. You can't tell me folks ain't looking at. uh, looking at Stephen Furtick's mm-hmm. sermons and taking notes. You can Absolutely. You can see the differences from everything. Um, so, cause, That's I mean, a take, very good point. Yeah, so somebody, I mean, take some time, y'all, and really look at like the difference between Stephen Furtick's service and then go and look at our high-end services as well. Look at, like Bishop T.D. Jakes. Mm-hmm. Go look at the party's house. And while they are similar, you do see some more modern things that happen within Stephen Furtick's church. Mm-hmm. Oh, whatnot? Um, you know, we kind of see those things through Maverick City as well, like mm-hmm. how stuff is shot. Um, but yeah, I think we can adopt a lot of that stuff more for the white church. Um, I would say, um, I would say for the white church, I do agree with the reverence thing, uh, just being more, I guess, more open mm-hmm. with that. But I have to go back to the more inviting part. Um, in my case um, I think it doesn't help somebody just talking to me or wanting to get to know me without understanding who I am Mm -hmm. so I think the white church can do a better job of trying to understand the people um, and the you know I'm speaking on like predominantly black people that attend predominantly white churches try to understand um, not cater not like build oh well we got this you know area or it's like nah this is you know how can i try to through conversation through developing relationships so i guess yes. the deeper parts the depth of the relationships within the white church um yeah and I, i'm blessed to have been in those situations like even with pastor pastor matt the first conversation that we had was in regards to the black and white church mm-hmm. you know and we could have a honest conversation and not be like not be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. with just talking our you know just talking from both sides so yeah I think if more churches could have those conversations more Mm -hmm. white churches that is oh yeah I think things could be a lot more balanced I think
1: speaking to that and then we could I'll be done but um somebody in my church said to me um that they love how, like, I've come to their church and served as a bridge between, uh, for them, basically, between, like, you know, black people and white people. And, like, that kind of culture balance or whatever helped them understand and stuff like that. Um, and my response was, um, man, that's, you know, a compliment to me. Thank you for saying that. But also, I just want you to realize that I had to come to you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like... Mm-hmm. I had to come to your church mm-hmm. for oh, that wow. to be bridged. Yeah. Yeah. If I didn't well. step through these doors, it wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have saw things a different way or Absolutely. understood yeah. a little bit more about is true. black culture or black people or the thoughts of black people. Like one I don't represent all of them because yep. there's you know black people are diverse we're not monoliths. like we don't yeah, all think yeah. the same or have the same ideologies and that's okay but um, for like the basics for you to understand the basics I had to set foot into your facility Yep. you know I had to be comfortable with your style of worship mm-hmm. I had to fit I had to like you know I had to, to be here yeah. in order for that to happen. And so there is this like this this necessity of like you have to step out of just your world.
2: Yeah.
1: And get to know other people. It's there are a ton of predominantly white churches that want to diversify, yeah. that want to invite more people of color into their churches, that want to, you know, open their space up and they want to see people of different colors because they wanted to look like heaven and all this other stuff and revival and blah 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 but um what you're asking people of color to do is to come and vibe with what you have to offer there is nothing that you are a lot of times there's nothing that is catering yeah to people of color Already. there is nothing that looks welcoming yeah. there's nothing that doesn't just look like you yep and how would they for, you know
0: like discomfort
3: yeah you're yeah, right. you're
1: asking for for us to become comfortable with what your church is do, is is used to mm-hmm. um, just so that you can say that you're diverse yeah and just so that we can you know be there to help you understand. Mm-hmm. you know it's a very um, selfish perspective like there's no other way to put that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do like love what you said about like. You know, if I can, if you could tell white church to do one thing, is to try to get understanding. Yeah. You know, to yeah. come down and not even to just to step out of your box.
3: Yeah. I would you know. Challenge. Yeah. To,
1: to to stop just seeing things as it relates to you.
3: hmm
1: And to understand that there are other ways that people live their lives and view their lives and their their perspectives, what they experience in life, the wrongdoings. And stuff like that. And it doesn't make it wrong just because it's different. Yeah. Right. You know? Because there's a lot of things that are taught in, ch- in church in general, but especially in white church, that simply has to do with culture and not holiness.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, same with the black church.
1: Same, definitely. Definitely tradition. same in the black church. It has to do with tradition mm-hmm. and culture and not holiness. And so when you see, you know, yeah, basically that's it. Like, don't, don't depend on black people to come to you for the gap to be bridged because yeah. a lot of times when they say they want the gap to be bridged that is what it looks like mm-hmm.
2: yeah and we have to big up the people that actually take those like those, that big leap to actually enter in that space where it is uncomfortable yeah. because for that person their I mean that's their spiritual journey and, like, it's personified. Like, every week, this is their, this is their rudimentary, like, checkpoint in, in everything. And when that isn't really appreciated, I think it can feel like, you know, you're not being yourself because you're at a predominantly white church. Yeah. And you're somebody that's different, you know. Yeah. The same way it will feel for somebody going, um, and it may feel the same way as, like, going for a degree that you know i this isn't like something that, that, that I wanted to do, mm-hmm. or whatnot. it's it's different when you actually choose it, and it's like, yeah. yeah, this is what I want to do.
1: Yes. You know,
2: this is what I want to do. I want to enter this space, exactly. And I want to be the difference mm-hmm. in that. You know, and this yeah. is normal. This is my, the church. I'm not just doing it to be a hero either. Like this is the type of church that I want to attend. You know? yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah.
1: yeah. So. Yeah, you can't expect. You have to. Um, if, if diversifying is what you want to do, because I also don't want to make it seem like you just have to diversify. Black churches are are traditionally black for a reason. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so just for if
2: you're trying to merge,
1: it is. You know, it's for if you're if you're trying to merge, but you don't even acknowledge Black History Month, you don't acknowledge Juneteenth. You don't like acknowledge, you know, things mm-hmm. that matter, mm-hmm. and right. things that say, "Hey, we, we care and we see you." Exactly. Like, yeah. we can't expect that diversity to
3: happen.
0: So, yeah, yeah. True. To her, but true. To kind of end it on a fun, happy note, I want to know what y'all's like CCM song and gospel song, like the first ones that like spoke to your heart and. Like spoke to your salvation.
1: Hmm. Like first of all, see my my family used to make fun of CCM when mm-hmm. I was little. Like <laughs> open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Mm-hmm. Like they used to make fun of it. Um, but I remember there's this one time I would we moved down here to Georgia, and my dad used to work third shift, so he was gone, and I and I was sleeping in my parents' bed with my mom and then there's a cd player and there was a cd of a um that this old church had made they cut a cd like a mixtape of different ccm songs and it was like an indian church or whatever but we would share the building with them and my dad would like pastor in the afternoon in that building um and so i found like the the cd was in and i was like huh i'm gonna listen to this so i put the cd in the cd player and i started listening to it and that's when i heard um Open the eyes of my heart and like really listens to it like yeah. for, the, for the first time and like I just started crying like just laying there in the bed and crying cause like I really really I don't know I really love the words and like I really wanted God to open the eyes of my heart like mm-hmm. so that I can see him more so that I can you know know him more and I was like I had to be like maybe 12 11 yeah. or 12 um and so that was the first ccn song that like really touched me as far as gospel it was probably a hymn honestly uh i think it was great is thy faithfulness
0: mm-hmm.
1: um that's a good one yeah i'm pretty sure it was great is that faithfulness another one that really touches me is um Oh, what is that song called boy? Oh my gosh. It's gonna come back to me. Total phrase? No, not total phrase. <laughs> God yeah. no
3: yeah. It's, um...
1: <laughs> I don't know, it'll come back to me, but Joey.
2: Okay. So, man, this is this is kind of embarrassing. The first CCM song that spoke to me, ah, oh, man. Because it took a very long time for CCM music to speak to me. Because as I stated earlier, I, growing up, it just was, it felt more bland. You know, it felt, I also, um, you know, we would go to, we would go to some, not necessarily boring churches that were predominantly white, but, you know, it just wouldn't feel the same as. as how exciting Second Baptist was sitting on the sec you know, on the, on the balcony, looking mm-hmm. around, church shaking and stuff like that. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, always the same. So the experience kinda helped with gospel music as well. So I think um one of the first gospel songs for me was uh it was a song that my mom sang, uh, Order My Steps.
3: Oh!
2: I was a I was a church baby. Ooh. So I remember, like, I learned how to tie my shoes at that church and stuff like that, like, after choir rehearsal. But I remember being a baby, like, on up there in the choir box with them during rehearsal, going back and forth, and my mom singing, like, order my steps. Um, And then just to see, like, the... just the feeling in the church that happens um, when it's done right, you know what I mean? It's just, like... Yeah, it's unmatched. It's really unmatched. Um, so that was the first song where I really realized, like, yo, this is this is the power of God. This is mm-hmm. what y'all be talking about. Yeah. And, okay. Mm-hmm. Order my steps. Yeah, here. this is the power of oh, God. This is, <laughs>
1: oh, wow,
2: this is Oh, this is the power of God. This is why y'all okay. Y'all going wow. And I could feel it myself. Like, man, my dad's playing Oregon, Oregon, mom's singing this. And yeah. this is this is not only is it like black excellence as well, like this is A great church in the city. Great, well-known church in the city. It's like, wow. You know, we get this from gospel music. Like, this is gospel um, that's making it feel like this. Like, straight out of a movie or something. So, um, that... uh, So, the the embarrassing part is, you know, I think the song that really, like, took me off guard, um, it was... It was dang it! What a beautiful name it is. Yeah. Yes. that that dumb song. I know. <laughs> I, know I, know, I joke about it every time. Worship. Every time we get you to do, it, you do. You joke about,
1: about this song. I remember,
2: man. Sam Shout out up, with Sam Creswell. Sam got me into playing a lot more CCM music, and I remember that was a big that was a big part too. Um, sidebar when, when I first met Sam, um, I realized like. Uh, that he was more well versed in in gospel music than I had ever known a white person to be, um, at least openly.
3: You yeah.
2: Because there's probably people I knew that that knew it, but uh, I just didn't. I didn't even realize it. You know. I mean, there's even white gospel artists. You know what I'm saying? But meeting him and him picking me up and driving from the Swope to the church that we were playing for a contemporary church, mm-hmm. he already had gospel music playing in the car. You know, and I thought, I thought oh yo, this, did you set this up for stage? No. It's like he had no idea yeah. I was riding with him. <laughs> he, you know what I mean? Had no idea. Offered to, offered to to take me over there last minute and I got in the car and it was already playing. He was playing Marvin Sepp.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: It's like wow, like this is it's like, Yeah, I love some music. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's and I never experienced that. So it made me feel comfortable to like, okay, open myself up to what he was doing within mm-hmm. that. But mm-hmm. I remember you know it was months, maybe years after that that time where I actually experienced that like a youth conference, I was like wow this is this is why it's so powerful mm-hmm. when it's done right you know it, it took a lot of times to to get it to where it was like because i'm I'm kind of specific on how it feels mm-hmm. that when it finally got there, man, I think that song really that took me for a, for a trip for sure
0: I think for me. The first, and my, and my CCM and gospel kind of came at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. my college, t- whatever. So, I think for me, CCM was probably a tie between It Is Well by Christine DeMarco and Bethel. and
3: mm-hmm. is well. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm.
0: My friend Kristen sang it my very first week at church in college. And I I, I was for sure, like, rededicated to God. Oh, wow. That day in my Yeah. Heart. So, that one... And then you make me brave by Amanda Cook. Yeah. Oh. That's wow. cool. I that before. You make me brave, you make me brave, you call me out upon the storm into the waves. Or whatever, mm-hmm. however, however it goes. That yes. song messed me up. Yes. From top to bottom. Because <laughs> that was like what I needed as a freshman in college. Like, how do I navigate this space as a Christian black woman at a predominantly white university? Like, how do I do this? Yeah. And also, like, lead worship and be who I am, and, like, you know, all of yeah. that stuff. So, that spoke to my heart. Amanda Cook, if you're listening to this podcast, hey I love you. you. <laughs> um, hey. My first gospel song. Do y'all know Even Me? Even Me?
2: Why who?
0: Um, oh my gosh. I, th- I think, like, the Howard Gospel Choir sings it. But it's just like, it's like, even me, Lord. It's basically, it just says, even me, like, would you come and save, even me, like, mm-hmm. would you come and help, even me. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll play it for y'all. Yeah. But child. we sang that with our gospel choir at the U of A. I will never be the same wow. since that since that time. Like, the whole place was... Just erupting wow. like white, black, Hispanic, everybody was going crazy. Yeah. yeah. Changed me. Changed. Jeez. Changed me. Yeah. So yeah, even me. Wow. Come on. I yeah. love that. It. All right, Kayla,
1: close that. this out here. Father, we thank you. No, i <laughs> right. Um, Yeah, that's this episode, y'all. This is episode two of Predominantly. I know it took forever and a day. Um, I'm not sorry. Okay? Stuff happens. But um, thank y'all for listening and for tuning in. This is... I gonna cut it down significantly, but it'll probably be at least an hour um, of listening. So if you made it to this point... Thank you for listening. Um, You can follow Joey on Instagram at Joey underscore
2: David. I think it's underscore Joey David.
1: Oh, at underscore Joey David. Sounds the way it's spelled. And then you can follow Chimdera on Instagram at Chimdera. Spelled the way it sounds. Literally, C-H-I-M-D-E-R-A. Yes. Um, And you can follow me at Kayla and with an E underscore no Kayla and with an E dot K. Get it right, get it
2: right.
1: Um so yeah, follow us, follow this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else that you can find a podcast. Um it's on Prime, it's on, it's on all the things. Um yeah, thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next one.
2: Bye. Peace.
1: Bye.